Welcome to School Leaders in Focus with Henry Grossack, a spin-off series from the Viewpoints podcast. Hear from exceptional leaders in education who strive to inspire the next generation of leaders. Welcome back to uh, School Leaders in Focus and my guest this week, uh, listeners, is Tobin Cuss, Principal Fleetwood Primary School, a school which opened in 1929. So uh, it's been around nearly a century and it's uh, it's certainly one of the uh, preeminent schools in, in, in our network and our region and it's a real honour and a pleasure to have Tobin Cuss with us. Welcome to um, School Leaders in Focus, uh, Tobin Cuss. Thank you, Henry. I uh, appreciate the invite to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure. To, it's always a pleasure to have colleagues on on our program, and particularly colleagues uh, such as yourself who are doing a, a great job under difficult circumstances these days in all schools. We'll come to that later. Tobin, first of all, I always ask colleagues. Uh, it's always the question: um, Why'd you get into teaching in the first place? Uh, what's that story way back then? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I, I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I think growing up, I always enjoyed helping people and. Um, you know, supporting others in what they were trying to achieve. And so when I was in high school, um, around year nine or year 10, I was starting to think about teaching or um, counselling or working um, in that sort of field, youth work. Mm -hmm. And one of my um, favourite teachers of all time, Miss Collier, um, at Ringwood Secondary just said, look, go into teaching because you can still bring that um, that well-being side to your work as a teacher. And so uh, that's why I sway towards teaching. Mm. And and your journey, because uh, you don't just go into teaching and turn up as a principal of a, a large school like Fleetwood Primary School overnight. How's the journey been? Um, yeah, so I began working at Baronia Heights Primary School and um, I really enjoyed my time there and had some great people around me that really set up uh, the foundation for sort of what I thought a teacher, a good teacher could be and could look like. Um, I never really thought of myself as a, a leader at that point. Uh, I moved uh, into Dandenong and taught there after spending some time in Africa and really enjoyed working with the diverse communities and um, really looking at sort of the world through a different lens after my time overseas. Um, And then I guess as I moved uh, to Cranbourne and Carlisle and that's where I started to, um, I guess, look at different opportunities where I could impact more than just one class of kids. And so you go from, you know, your, your group of 25 to 30 kids being the most important thing to you that suddenly you're, you're caring about a whole year level or a whole, whole co- cohort of children and then you're starting to think about how you can impact staff and how you can support parents and so that all grew in my time at Cranbourne Carlisle and then I was very lucky to be able to um, be the assistant principal at a brand new school in 2020 uh, at Botanic Ridge Primary School um, and working under just an outstanding leader and um, a mentor of mine, Lisa Vandenbosch, who's had a huge influence on the way I lead. Um, and then, yeah, recently I've been lucky enough to be the acting principal at Fleetwood for two years, and then this year I'm now the substantive friend. So things have, um, yeah, all been um, working, uh, I guess, for you know uh, a purpose and leading me to the position I'm in now, and I feel really grateful for all those experiences in the past. Mm, and and it's a time when we need passionate, uh, dedicated people in schools as teachers and also principals in the current climate. You mentioned you worked in South Africa. I'm always interested to know um, what people gain, what they learn from the overseas experience. What what, what stood out there for you? Yeah, so I was actually in Ghana, um, so not in South Africa, but in the West Africa. Um, and so uh, my time in Ghana, um, it blew my mind because... The, the school I was working at, Baroni Heights, um, 
uh, didn't have a lot of diversity in the community. And so um, I had this real draw to, to work with multicultural communities. And being over there, I, I think it reminds you about um, just what the basics about what teaching is all about. And that's the relationships with the kids and the people you work with. Um, it's very no frills over there. There's classrooms with desks and a, a, a chalkboard. And if you're lucky, there might be some chalk. <laughs> the kids had Kids had to pay um, five cents to buy paper to do their exam, and some of the kids couldn't um, buy their exam papers. There were kids that were selling or teachers mm. were buying lunch off the kids. Like It was a very, very different situation, but at the end of the day, those kids um, just enjoyed learning opportunities, and so it makes, I, I guess, you appreciate the, the job that we get to do every day, um, but just also the, the climate of... Um, being in a developing country just really brings appreciation to so much of what we have here and we can take for granted. And so um, it really did change the way you know I viewed school and life. Um, and I think that really refreshed me to, to keep my teaching career moving forward. Mm, yes, I often say that to people and I was given that advice as a young teacher. I was told, go out there and uh, get into some different schools, get uh, get a broader perspective. What took you to Ghana in the first place? I mean, that's not something uh, that a lot of people choose to do. Yeah, um, I was probably uh, around 24 or 25 and I'd been um, yeah at my first school, Brony Heights, for around three years at this time and then I yeah gone through a bit of a breakup with a girlfriend at the time and I thought you know what now's the time to do what I want to do and um, I felt like I just needed a, a pretty significant um, change in my life and so I walked into my principal's office Mark Flack <laughs> and I said um, you're not going to like this but I think I need to um, to go for a bit of a, a wander and I'm thinking of heading over to Africa and he was very supportive and, um, you know, let me explore what that would look like and we worked out my leave arrangements and um, obviously had a, a chat with my family and I, I just told my mum this was something that, you know, I wanted to do and I needed to do and um, it was, yeah, quite defining in my life and I'm really thankful I did it. Mm, yes, it's quite a, quite a, quite a, a move. Any plans to do that again, do you think, go international? Uh, yeah, so since then I've, I've um, taken up a few other opportunities. So I've um, gone over to the Philippines and been a part of a trip working in a deaf school. Uh, my wife actually lived for a year and a half uh, over in Thailand working in an orphanage there or volunteering in an orphanage. Um, so that's something my wife and I are both quite passionate about and we hope to get our kids to start seeing some of those experiences as well. Mm. All those experiences would have set you up very well for first year acting principalship and again as I said to you before congratulations on joining the ranks of substantive prince <laughs> with us um, would have set you up well for a school that's got a diverse range of cultural and ethnic backgrounds which is uh, Fleetwood Primary School you might like to just give us a snapshot of your school yeah so um, our school community is very diverse and so um, there are a lot of families from different religions, different backgrounds, different educational experiences. We have a lot of Afghani families, Sri Lankan, Indian, Islanders, um, lots of different African nations, Southeast Asia, some Eastern European um, families coming through our school. We've got um, a percentage of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders at our school community that is larger than um, some of our similar schools. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of diversity here and we think that's, or I definitely think that's um, the strength of, 
a school like this and I really um, find a lot of purpose in our work when we've got communities like that that have so many differences but a school can bring commonality to that. Mm. And diversity is is really a big uh, push from uh, our, our government and our department into our schools. What's the key to making diversity work? Because some people who live in far more monocultural uh, areas and schools um, wonder about it. Yeah. Um, well, I always go back to a term that Lisa Vandenbosch, um, the, the lady I mentioned before, is one of my great mentors. Uh, she would always use um, cultural curiosity. And so I think it's really important um, in a diverse community that you, you be you know, interested in the other cultures and that you take on board um, different thoughts and different feelings and different experiences because not only do the kids have really rich experiences, but the parents and families bring so much to the table too. And so uh, we try to be quite open, um, quite inclusive and quite, um, you know, uh, insightful in our relationships and communications with, with everyone because there's so much you can learn um, and we, we love to celebrate the different cultures and I think by celebrating things as a school it, it gives um, people permission to be culturally curious and I think when you do that with the children it can also open up um, you know adults' eyes that maybe have been a bit narrow-minded in the past when they see schools celebrating mm. these things and they hear their kids being excited about different celebration days I think it brings along the adults too. Mm. Same as you quite clearly acknowledge uh, that you're proudly placed on Bunurong land and pay your respect to leaders past and present. We've come a long way, but we've still got a fair way to go, don't we, in terms of uh, reconciliation uh, and inclusion with uh, with our First Nations people. I think with, with that, um, schools can take a really big role in leading the, the perception of the community. And so... Um, one of the, the best things that I've sort of heard um, when we think about this in education is from um, one of the Kessos we've worked very closely with, Travis Gardner, and he always says, if the intent is positive, you know, nine times out of ten, that's going to have a good outcome for the school community. So there has been, a, you know, a little bit of, um, I guess, trepidation or fear about um, doing something that might be insensitive or, or doing something that's not culturally correct. But I think when you've got um, a range of people in your school contributing and thinking about the best ways to help celebrate and respect Aboriginal culture, yeah, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a good thing. And the best thing that we have available to us in the education department uh, is, or the Department of Education rather, is that we do have Kessos and people mm. that can guide us um, and are generally really keen to see us um, leading our schools in the right direction. So. Um, I'm really lucky. I have a lot of staff at Fleetwood that are really passionate about um, including the Indigenous um, perspective of education. And I'm really also lucky that I work in a network that has so many principals and schools that you know are really on top of that work. So um, there is a long way to go, um, but I think it sets a really strong tone for your school if that's something that you place value on. And again, it's about having relationships with everyone that you can and taking things on board. Now you've been leading the school as an acting prin, now you're the substantive prin. Um, Fleetwood Primary School, you're obviously very proud and invested in the school. What are the special features of that school that really um, get you to puff your chest out? Sure, um, yeah, definitely very proud of the school. I think um, the thing that really makes me feel proud of this school is that it's a very connected community. Um, I think the connection we have with the community, the parents, grandparents, the older siblings that used to go to the school, it just makes the school feel very homely. And when we go on school tours and we get to show off our school to 
prospective parents, that's always the conversation that we lead with. And when we finish those uh, tours, we always hear, oh, that, that presentation was great and we love the, the sense of the community you have at your school. Um, so that's been something that in my time as the acting print and now the substantive print, I've really been um, proud of all the work we've done in that space together. Mm, absolutely. Now, your values, responsible, safe and respectful. Um, mm-hmm. How do you articulate them? Well, they're also um, a key driver to, to everything we do in our school because we look at those values in terms of the, the behaviours and the well-being um, element of school, but it's also a big part of our learning journey with the children. It's a big part of our assemblies. It's a big part of what we talk about with parents when they come into the school. So our goal is that um, if children spend the majority of their time at Fleetwood Primary School when they leave, they're going to have those values as part of their life. They're going to be happier citizens. They're going to be more ready for high school. They're going to be capable um, you know, to take on employment opportunities. And also we talk about it being key um, characteristics to set them up as a, an adult and potentially you know, a parent one day. So um, the values are huge. And I know, you know every school has their values and every school um, has a focus on that. But for, for me as you know, the new principal um, and then the substantive principal now, it's been really good to have that anchor to always come back to and to not need to search for what is the point of this conversation with the kids or to think about why are we doing this with our staff. It comes back to those values. Mm. Now, you've got quite a few programs in your school. Um, we're not going to go through all of them. I always say, um, are there, is there a particular program that was uh, stands out for you? I mean, they're all, they all stand out, but it might have been because it was a challenge to get it implemented. It might be because it's led to incredible recognition for your school. It could be because it's very rewarding. Is there one in particular over the journey uh, at your time at Fleetwood that, uh, that stands out for you for a reason or other? Uh, sure. I think um, our work with school-wide positive behaviour support has been really um, instrumental in helping the children feel really um, happy at school. Uh, I, I guess when I came here, perhaps there was um, some attempts at um, a few different programs in the school, but what we did was we invested a lot of our energy into SWPBS, uh, and, and that was something that I was able to take some of my knowledge from my time at Botanic Ridge, um, where I'd spent a lot of time setting up SWPBS and working with Compass to have everything aligned. Uh, and so we've got a power-up system, so the positive acknowledgement. Uh, so when a child does display one of our school values, they get the verbal acknowledgement from the teacher, letting them know that they've you know, followed our school expectations. That is also a house point, so it contributes to a sort of community aspect for them and their house. And then there's also a notification that goes home to their parents. And we found that's been a real positive because the parents will come up to us after school when they're ready to pick their kids up before they've even picked the kids up saying, oh, it's great, Henry got a power up today, I can't <laughs> wait to speak to him about it. Uh, so it brings the parents into that journey and it means when we do need to call a family around a challenging situation, it's not the first contact they've had from us because their child might have had three or four power ups um, leading up to that and so we're balancing that communication. We're focusing on a particular behaviour each week with our behaviour of the week um, and just making that a really important aspect of you know, day-to-day life at Fleawood Primary School. And to me, that's been something I've been really thankful for and proud of the work people have done with that. Mm. Now, um, it's, it's no surprise. It's a question I'm sure you get yourself involved in answering. I do, everyone does. There's a national review of um, the teaching profession that uh, the Federal mm. Minister, Jason Clare, has been uh, completing. Um, 
we're doing it tough in our profession in every which way. Mm -hmm. Tobin, what do you see as the biggest challenges at the moment and how are you addressing them? Uh, Well, obviously, the world has changed um, over the, the, the course of, you know, the last few years with COVID. Um, and so I think a lot of people are, are coming to their day-to-day jobs already with quite a lot going on in their own lives. Um, and I think that's that's really hard at times for us to separate when we go from home to work. I think the strain is there for a lot of us. Um, I think also the change and the rapid rise of technology is definitely something that I'm very cognizant of. Just the, the availability um, of school leaders is troubling and so I think for me one of my personal um, yeah uh, strategies is to just put that mobile phone away after a certain time when I get home um, obviously if there's an emergency I'll be available or if, if I, I get contacted about something that's um, you know really urgent we can always make that contact but I think the second you look at those emails, your mind starts wandering and starts thinking about the actions or the responses or the meetings you need to set up. And so we work very hard in schools and I think um, principals especially need to take time to um, separate and be at home and be present at home. And so that's something I try to constantly um, keep that balance going as best as I can. And I think it's important that staff see that and hear that from their leaders as well. So for me, that's just making sure I'm not emailing staff out of school hours I'm not expecting them to do things out of their own time and when I'm hearing that staff are you know staying up all night doing this or I'm going to get that done all weekend I always make sure I encourage them to take the time for themselves and that can wait till next week Um, it's it's hard there's so much to be done in schools and so I think the workload issue is a real one and um, it's one that's scaring people away from the profession it's one that's causing stress for people and so it's always finding out what's most important what do we need to get done right now and what can we set aside and so I think um, leaders yeah have a a big role to play in that and how much we expect from people but we have a lot of expectations on ourselves so it's a very tricky space Henry. Mm, You're not you're not you're not uh, you're not wrong at all there Tobin. In looking forward and it's a question I get asked and I I look for answers to it too is um, are you hopeful or do you see the future as nothing but continuing bleakness in our profession and why? Uh, I'm always hopeful. Um, so Good start, Tobin. We have yep. to be. <laughs> yep. Hopeful for some changes moving forward. I think um, the conversation really shifted you know, from 2020 onwards around um, our well-being and the importance of having balance in life. And I'm just hoping that the work expectations and the way people look at the role of a principal and a teacher and education support, all of the roles in schools, I hope that the expectations, roles and responsibilities start to reflect that balance that the whole world acknowledged was important um, during COVID, but we seem to have gone back to a million miles per hour. So um, I know there are so many um, experts and um, professionals out there that have great recommendations around our workload and the way that um, the community views school leaders and how um, we work in our communities. Uh, So I definitely hope that some changes on the horizon and I, I again come back to the fact that um, it's important that we prioritise what's most important and we yeah, where we can we need to park some other things um, to make sure that we do the things to a higher degree and high quality and so that needs to be acknowledged I would think um, over time with the, the people making the decisions um, around our workforce. Mm. 
That's a good point. Time's got away from us, um, Tobin. You're very well placed as a as a relative newbie to school principalship to give this uh, an opinion on this. If you had to give advice to somebody who's just picked up their first principalship, they're starting mm-hmm. out on the job from your experience as being not too far from that, both as acting and substantive, what would you say? Um, I would just say that there are three really important groups and they all need um, your time and attention and that's really spending time with your staff, getting to know them, drawing closer to them, really um, being present and available for your community and showing them that you're really invested and always making time where you can for those children because at the end of the day, everything we do in the school needs to be for the benefit of the children and you can only see that when you're in those classes, you're down on your knees watching them work, you're out in the, the school grounds having a shot on the basketball court with them. Um, those experiences are what tell you that everything else you're doing is working. So um, in a perfect world, those are the three things that you devote you know, most of your time to, but um, that's just from my point of view. That's an excellent piece of advice. I couldn't have put it better myself, Tim. Thank you so much uh, for for your insightful discussion uh, and, 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 and some really wonderful points you made. And uh, also congratulations again on your recent appointment to the substantive role. And uh, uh, you're a great colleague uh, running a great school nearby. All right. Thank you so much, Henry. Really appreciate it. That was Tobin Cuss, uh, the relatively newly appointed principal of Fleetwood Primary School, school that's been with us, uh, listeners, uh, since 1929. You've been listening to School Leaders in Focus. It was hosted by Henry Grossek and produced by Rob Kelly. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and a rating via Apple Podcasts. Until next time, stay focused.